Welcome to our podcast, All Things Baptist. We desire to bring awareness to what we believe as Baptist, to engage the listener to understand different views of Baptist theology, and to help the listener know more about all things Baptist. This may be talking with pastors, leaders, missionaries, or just introducing some great Baptist of the past. We hope that it is a blessing and help to you. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Welcome to All Things Baptist, and it's my pleasure to have Pastor Paul Frederick. Did I say that right, Frederick? Yes, sir. I, d- I didn't know if you if there was a different way of saying Frederick, you know what I mean? I think I could, yeah. could get the Paul right, but um, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll talk about why we're having you on All Things Baptist. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Brother Dameron. Uh, as you said, my name is Paul Frederick. I passed. Pastor First Baptist Church of Laurel, Indiana, which is a small town in uh, East Central Indiana, and um, been here for just a little over a year. Uh, my one-year anniversary was the first Sunday of October. Before that, pastored for five years in Southern Illinois, which is where I was born and raised. Okay. Um, Third-generation Christian. My grandpa was a pastor in Illinois for decades, um, and was two years in the state of Iowa as an assistant pastor, and then year ago the lord led us here to laurel indiana and we just i'm married been married for 18 and a half years got two sons they're both teenagers and um just enjoy serving the lord here where god has placed us all right so the reason that we have you on all things baptist and i was telling uh pastor frederick that you're the inaugural the inaugural uh podcaster um this is going to launch it into oblivion. Watch out. Watch out, Joe Rogan. I mean, I'm coming after yeah. him with this one now. Um, <laughs> um, but you wrote a book, and it's, uh, I would say it's an introductory book to somebody that's coming into a church that really doesn't know why we're Baptists. So you have a book out called The Baptist Distinctives and Why They Matter, and I picked mine up on Amazon. Because yes. I have one sitting right in front of me. So you can pick it up on Amazon. Is there any place else that they can grab it? Or Yeah, sure. So if you're a Prime member, of course, Amazon, you get free shipping. I think the book's $7. It's, it's short. Uh, if you're someone that would like to order multiple copies, you can order it from the publisher, which is Berean Publications. You can Google them or bereanpublications.com. Yep. And they have on their website bulk order discounts. And as of today... Uh, the book has also been released in the Kindle version. It's oh. like, I think three bucks or something. So yeah, that's nice. Uh, of course, also available on Amazon. So that's where you can find it. Okay, so I'm gonna do a couple of questions, and we'll see how we go. I usually try to just do about twelve to fourteen yeah. minutes because that is the limit. I think of people listening. Um, I know that one of a couple of our friends do long long like day-long oh, podcast yeah. um <laughs> yeah. but 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 i keep mine short all right so here okay. here's my question so what was your purpose in writing a book on baptist distinctives well just as you mentioned when you were introducing the book it's a it's a primer of the baptist distinctives it's an introduction to it 
And the purpose was so that pastors and churches could have a book that was short, it was easy to read, it was easy to understand, and also inexpensive that they could pass out to new converts, new members, people that have a question about uh, Baptist distinctives, why we are Baptist, what makes us Baptist. It all started a pastor friend had asked several pastors, uh, including myself, if we knew of a book like this. (laughs) And I didn't know. I've got some books on, I've got a lot of books on Baptist history, a lot of books on doctrine, but nothing short um, like for a new convert. And so uh, the Lord kind of just used that for the next, you know, six or eight weeks fermented in my mind i guess and <laughs> just kept going around and around and around and finally decided hey maybe you know maybe i could write something like this and uh put pen to paper and after several weeks of writing and proofreading and editing and then uh, all of that the proofreading and editing by the publications staff uh the book is now in print yes so uh, here's an, another question that goes along with that so why is it so important about knowing the Baptist distinctives. Well, well, sure. So the Baptist distinctives, of course, are what makes us Baptist. Um, It's what separates us from other churches, from other denominations. Um, You know, I believe it's Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And uh, without knowing the Baptist distinctives, uh, you open the door for someone to go from church to church with little regard to to what maybe will what that church believes. We've all seen that people uh, can go from church to church. Like it's no big deal. Uh, It also opens the door for churches then to remove the name Baptist from their congregation. If they don't know what is important in the name Baptist, then they have no problem getting rid of that name. And so it's important that we know it um, because it's what identifies us. Uh, We use that name just like any other group would, even though, we don't consider ourselves a denomination. We use that name to identify us and the doctrines that we hold to. Yes. All right. So if 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 you don't mind, I'm going to go a little bit off script here, <laughs> and okay. I'm going to go to chapter five of your book, where it talks about individual soul liberty. This is one, okay. and you you do really well on the. I'd say it's the second pa- paragraph, and. Okay. Uh, coming at the people that use individual soul liberty as Baptists, which I would say they're nominal Baptist, uh, they sure. use that basically as a license. So you say it should be yeah. noted that the concept of individual soul liberty does not mean that we believe a Christian can do anything they long, uh, anything they like, as long as it seems right to them. Yeah. Um, and so I- explain some of that and and what. So how is that contrasting individual soul liberty? I think that's why a lot of people have to understand the Baptist distinctives. They they hear individual soul liberty and they almost think free grace. Sure. Sure. And and just like the, I mentioned there in the book, they think they can just do then whatever they want. They can divorce themselves from the scripture. They can divorce themselves from doctrine. And, and that is not uh, the case at all. Individual soul liberty... Um, is simply the the recognition that God has given us uh, free choice, and that the Bible is a book of personal um, personal accountability. Yeah, um, we all have to stand before God and give an account for ourselves. And so, 
where that comes into play, of course, is how we apply specific verses and specific principles to our lives. But that does not mean we can just you know, just take the Bible. We, we don't have to listen to the Bible. We don't have to listen to what our pastor says. We can just do whatever we like because we have uh, Christian liberty or individual soul liberty. It, it really, instead of being a license for us to just do whatever we want, I think me personally, the, the idea of individual soul liberty, Christian liberty should make us, um, very determined to know what the word of God says and make sure we're applying it correctly to our lives because we know that we're going to stand before a holy God someday and we're going to have to give an account of whether we followed his word or not. Yes. And so I think it's a very important thing for us to uh, to heed, but it should also be a sobering thing for us. Okay, so in this chapter, I thought this was a, a good point. It's obvious to any student of the Bible that not every question in life has a chapter and verse. I've heard that phrase, give me chapter and verse, sure. give me chapter Absolutely. and verse, give me chapter and verse. And I'm like, you're, I don't know, there's, you're talking about a snicker bar. You're talking about, I mean, sometimes, sometimes there's not chapter and verse for everything. Um, and I think that it, it takes, us a, takes us aback when somebody throws it at us because then we're like, well, I, I don't have one. But sometimes yeah. you don't. All right, yeah, I, I don't have absolutely. chapter and verse for which car wash I go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have chapter and verse for what, what grocery store I go to. All right, yeah. uh, what kind of lunch meat I want. What, give me chapter and verse, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I liked uh, that point. But explain what you mean by chapter and verse a little bit. Um, you, it, it, it was very good. I enjoyed reading that section because it just it helps – people understand that we are running by biblical principles. Absolutely. But yeah. we don't have chapter and verse for, like, in fact, in, in your church, you don't have chapter and verse for Sunday school necessarily. What time do you start? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think the example that I used in the book, well, I know the example I used in the book is the use of television. Yes. Um, yep. Whether television is right or wrong, when you have permissive, non-permissive views, and um, so that idea of chapter and verse, someone, you know, you say, um, I think you shouldn't kill someone. And they say, well, where's the chapter and verse? Well, that's easy. Thou shalt yeah. not kill. Yeah. Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, if you hate your brother, you're, you're guilty of murder. And um, so th- those sorts of things are easy, but um, that are plain black and white. But for the broader principles of life that we have to live by as uh, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, I personally, and I'm not trying to be mean to anyone at all, but I, I think this where's the chapter and verse idea um, for every little thing is kind of a juvenile response to, yeah. well, I don't like this principle. I don't like how you're applying this principle. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we have to, if we're going to be mature followers which is what the Lord wants us to do, right? Um, the, well, that's why we're supposed to study to show ourselves approved unto God, uh, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished, and all good works. It means mature, ready to work. We have to understand that the Bible is it didn't address everything in a verse. Yep. It didn't say, 
you need to have three songs and then the offering and then the special and then the preaching. Yes. Instead, the Bible is full of principles and it's full of illustrations of how those principles were either applied correctly or incorrectly. I mean, you read through the, through the old Testament and you see how people were applying Bible principles, either correctly or incorrectly, the new Testament, the epistles, the apostle Paul is trying to teach them how to apply biblical principles correctly or or, or chiding them for applying them incorrectly. Yes. And uh, the illustration of the television is one that uh, that we can use. We could, I mean, anything that is quote unquote new to our modern society um, is something that there's, you know, there's no chapter and verse about what kind of car or even if we should drive a car. Um, but, you know, we can apply biblical principle and determine that, you know, there's, Biblically, there's nothing wrong with having a kind of transportation. And so um, it's important that we understand those. And it's also important, I think, to understand that people can uh, um, apply biblical principles in different ways and still be correct. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. So, for instance, I was thinking of this this morning. I knew a missionary. He's with the Lord now. Before he was saved, he was a pool shark, for lack of a better term, made his living in the pool halls and the billiard halls and the bars and all that. So he got saved as a 20-something man, went to Bible college, ended up going to the mission field. And for all of his many decades of service, he refused to have a pool table in his home or in his church because that was a temptation to him. Now, is there anything in the Bible about having a pool table? No. In fact, I know several good men that have one in their youth room at church or in the basement of their home and they enjoy playing with their grandkids or kids or whatever. But for him, it was a temptation. And yes. so that's applying a biblical principle in a different way, but yet both of those people can be correct. Yes. Well, I'm going to close this podcast out. If you have time, we could do another one. But oh, we'll, sure. I've got, I've uh, got all kinds of time. All right. So yeah. we'll close this one out and we'll do a part two on Baptist Distinctives. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.